brushed my hair, went downstairs, favorite jeans on my rear, and I looked up in my mirror, and I said, who's that there, who's that there, in that mirror, I don't care if they're aware, now I see just why they stare, I just pay the mind, don't care, I know, so what I got an attitude, bitch, I got an attitude, so what I got an attitude, I really don't sleep. I never smoke, but I really never sleep. Welcome, everybody, back to It's Just a Talk. My name is Mauricio. I am your host. And this is Just a Talk, your queer, political, shady, Spanglish, everything podcast. It's episode 020, yo. 20 episodes of my crazy shenanigans with my guests every once in a while, uh, you know, where we talk some tea. We talk talk some truth, but you know, I love to leave some time to talk some shit, because it's needed in this world. Today's episode is being brought to you by Instant Oatmeal. Yes, I said Instant Oatmeal. Look, she's on a diet, she's trying to get a pride body, even though it's a week from now, and I've decided that pride is just going to get whatever body I'm going to give it, but I learned to love Instant Oatmeal during, like, my diet. I was like, oh, like, some oatmeal, and, like, that little rice cake with peanut butter and my coffee that was my breakfast it was like skinny white girl breakfast i mean or just skinny girl breakfast skinny guy doesn't have to be generally a a gender or a um race or ethnicity just skinny person but bitch she still loves tacos so i would still eat tacos at night so didn't matter i was eating instant oatmeal but i did learn to love it and thankfully at work they have infinite amount of instant oatmeal because I kind of kind of work at like an ed tech company so like they buy us like food so I'm always making my instant oatmeal with my almond milk because she's bougie like that now <laughs> so you know what you go make yourself an instant oatmeal with between songs because it only takes 30 seconds to make really good oatmeal and when you come back we'll get ready for this party so if you're ready I'm ready because today we have a really special guest so let's get this party started <laughs> Welcome back to It's Just a Talk. Today we're going to start this episode a little bit different uh, because of what my guest uh, is has been studying, his life has been a lot about this, Uh, we wanted to start the episode a little bit different, and then he's going to explain why we're starting this episode this way. So this is replacing our rapid-fire questions that we usually play with a guest, so I'm going to let you take it away. So we wanted to start by acknowledging that we are on the traditional lands of the Chochenyo-speaking Ohlone peoples near the village site of Huchun, also known as Oakland. And we acknowledge the Ohlone as the caretakers of this land, past, present, and into the future. Thank you so much. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and ask who you are, who you is. That's my favorite part of the podcast when I get to say who you is. So who are you? Can you tell us a bit more about yourself, what the meaning of this is? Because maybe a lot of my listeners who are not from the Bay Area are just wondering. So yeah. Sure. So my name is Abel Gomez, or if I'm in a 
mostly Spanish-speaking space. I'll say Abel Gomez. It's a Spanglish yes, that's podcast, right. that's so right. Abel Gomez. So Abel Gomez, <laughs> uh, born and raised in the Bay. Um, currently doing, finishing up my dissertation, um, looking at sacred sites protection movements and indigenous survival in the Bay Area and how that's connected to issues of belonging, of gender and sexuality, uh, and of how folks are surviving the systems that were meant to eradicate them and uh, bringing back their culture and language. And and you talked about the Ohlone people, and the Ohlone people are the people from the Bay Area. Yep. Well, how far does the Ohlone people run? So traditional Ohlone territory is San Francisco, parts of the East Bay, all the way to Monterey, Big Sur, wow. um, and it's really important to acknowledge that there are uh, today many different Ohlone groups. So the word uh, initially, uh, the this, this Spanish linked them all together as a single group, um, but it really refers to 58 distinct tribal communities. Wow. Um, and so today, uh, many of them are working on bringing back their culture after the Spanish missions and the Mexican period and now, you know, in the American period. Um, And so what I offered is what's called a land acknowledgement. And um, I studied, I did, I'm working on my PhD at Syracuse University. So he's going to be a doctor, (laughs) y'all. Yay! And Syracuse is the traditional land of the Onondaga Nation, so the capital of the six nations of the Haudenosaunee, or uh, what the French called, or who the French called the Iroquois. And uh, that's where I first learned about this practice called the land acknowledgement, Uh which was about, which is about uh, opening up events by acknowledging the original people of the land uh, which is just the first step yeah. right, in trying to um, be in good relations. Um, so, uh, it's a this is the way that we did it. Yeah. yeah, I had never seen a land acknowledgement uh, until I moved to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I had never seen it in L.A. I don't even know, like, what, like, peoples are from the L.A. area. Um, which uh, he literally just got excited that I asked that because I'm sure we're going to find out. Uh, but I literally, um, when I moved here, it was the very first time that I saw it and I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was so cool that like no programming was going to start until the land was acknowledged. I think, oh, you know what? It was during my institute with Teach for America. Mm-hmm. So they brought someone to do it for our opening. And they were like, oh, you're not in the Bay Area. Like, it's YNC. Somebody explained, because people were coming from all over the country. And it was the very first time that I experienced it. So I, I thank you for doing that. Uh, and I'm sure you're going to tell me what peoples are in the L.A. <laughs> so uh, if you uh, go onto a website called uh, nativeland.ca, and there's okay. also an app called Native Land where wow. you can uh, type in wherever you are, and it will tell you the original people. So L.A. is the traditional territory of the Tongva peoples. 
Okay, I, I'm going to practice that, and I might get it by the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we'll get to know Abel most, uh, more as the podcast is going, but now we're going to go into our next segment of the podcast, our How Was Your Week? Um, and how was your week? I'm going to start with you. Like, I haven't seen... Let me track back. I haven't seen you in a while. It's yeah. been almost a year because you live in like middle of nowhere, Syracuse. I did. You did. You're right. Because he's officially back now, yes. and so we the Bay Area. We have him back for at least two years. He said. Yeah. And 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 wait. So in two years, you'll officially be a doctor. Uh, so it's a the plan right now is a year of full time research. Okay. And a year to write. And then you'll be a full time doctor. Yes. So the third year, he'll be a doctor for life. And then I, whenever I talk to him, will I refer to you as Dr. Gomez or Dr. Gomez? However you choose. I think I like Dr. Gomez. Dr. Gomez. It reminds... You know what? I'm to, tell me if this is offensive. It reminds me of... Uh, did you ever watch um, El Chavo del Ocho? You never watched the Chavo so. so, like, Dr. Gomez reminds me of, like, a character of El Chavo del Ocho. It was, like, Dr something i can't remember the name but like whenever i say it in spanish that's it reminds me of that which might be problematic because saying doctor in spanish makes me think of comedy instead of something serious so it's me trying to decolonize my mind y'all uh but yeah so how have you been when did you get back so i got back uh, about two weeks ago uh i did a cross-country drive Oh, shit. So we went from Syracuse to... Did you go up north or down south or in the middle? Uh, We drove from, like, Syracuse, Ohio, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, stopped at the Navajo Reservation where my car broke down and uh, went to Car Heaven. Okay. Uh, Wait, your car is done? Done. Oh, What are you driving now? I'm borrowing my parents' car. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, what What was their name? Did your car have a name? I don't think so. She's seen a lot though. Okay, so she who will not be named, <laughs> bless her soul, her her engine soul. <laughs> yeah, and so it's been really great to be back. I mean, one of the things I notice is like walking through SF and hearing people speak Spanish and Tagalog and Mandarin and um, which yeah, you didn't see di- in no, Syracuse. No, I mean. Um, it has a very significant uh, indigenous presence, but at the same time, it's like it feels like a very white space. Yeah, I think the only reason why I knew Syracuse is because of you. Yeah, like I never heard about it. I think the very first time you told me, I like called it like see crowds or something like that look she's a second language learner like she cannot tell you words and sometimes can't even speak on this podcast all right so welcome back uh how was my week uh i just worked to be honest so uh as many of y'all know i started a job a couple weeks ago a brand new job she was about to move back to la because couldn't afford to live in the bay area because it's hella expensive to live in the bay area uh but by the act of a higher being she got a job and i'm really enjoying it it's my very first time that i'm working at a place where the majority is people of color Mm. and the majority is women and i really 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 like that and i feel like so i am doing volunteers and uh outreach for the nation like we're like a national organization and so i've just been like 
doing my favorite thing, like talking to people, building relationships and stuff. So it's been a really good week. I'm pre- we're prepping for summer camp, and that's gonna be crazy. So I'm gonna be traveling to a couple places, which I just found out last week. Oh, you're gonna go here, and you're gonna go there, and you're gonna. And then today they changed it on me again. So now I found out I'm gonna go to different places. I am excited. I'm gonna be in Chicago because I love Chicago, nice. and I'm gonna be in Chicago the week before market days. Have you ever been to market days? No. So for y'all that don't know, and I guess you, no. uh, market days is like a huge like street fair. It's like a queer street fair on Boys Town. It's kind of like Pride, but like I liked it better than Chicago Pride because I've gone to Chicago Pride and I didn't really. It was it was like any other Pride, but Market Days is just like different. Everything's open twenty four hours. Like it's everything opens on Friday and doesn't close till Sunday. And things are just open. People are, like, partying all day, all night. Like you forget what time it is. So I asked if I can if they could fly me back Sunday night. And just keep me there the weekend, and I'll find my own housing Saturday and Sunday because I have like friends there. So I'm excited about that. Yes. Um, I was. I'm not excited that they're switching my travel around that like crazy. I thought I was gonna go to Houston. Now I'm not going to Houston. Thought I was going to Seattle. Now I'm going to Seattle. Now they're sending me to LA, and I think I'm going to Dallas. It might change again. Anyway, so my week was good. I'm going on a trip this weekend. I'm going to Lafayette in Louisiana, which everybody tells me is hella boring. Have you heard of Lafayette? No, I think of uh, Lafayette from True Blood. From True Blood? Right here. Yes. Also, when I told somebody that I was going to Lafayette, they were like, oh, like two hours away. Because there's a Lafayette here in the Bay Area. And I was like, no, I'm going to like Louisiana. Also, when I've been telling people I'm going to Louisiana, they all assume I'm going to To New Orleans. Orleans. And I'm like, no, I'm going to the boring side of Louisiana. But I'm I'm really excited because I'm going to like facilitate like leadership development workshops and stuff for like undergrads in my fraternity as like an alumni. So it's really cool. It's like my second time that I do it. They do this every other year. So I was like, oh, sure, I'll go. You're paying for my flight and my stay. So sure, I'll go. So I'm prepping to for tomorrow to be my last day. And then I'm gone from work. So there's a lot of work that I need to like designate to people. Like, oh, you're going to get this done, right? Or you're going to get this done. Um, but other than that, it's been good. It's been I'm excited that I have a job and I didn't have to move back to L.A. Because that would have sucked. Let's just be honest. Uh, Okay, so moving on. So if you are just on the bottom of a rock and have never realized that there is this show called Pose, um, if you haven't, you're asking to go to Netflix and watch it. I feel like I tell that, say that in every episode, though. Like, you need to go watch Pose on Netflix. Have you watched it? Of course. Okay. Oh, yeah. Are you caught up? I saw the first half. The first episode of the second season. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Today, we actually got an announcement that it, it got was... got renewed. Yes! Oh, so it got renewed for season three, so I'm super excited. So now I'm curious, because season one was like the 80s. Season two, they're trying to do the 90s. So are they going to do like early 2000s? And how would they do that? Because like... So they age 10 years each season? Which is weird, too, because, like, none of them look like they've aged 10 years. You see what I mean? Like, well, you saw the first episode of the second season. Do they look like they aged 10 years? I didn't even realize it was 10 years. Yeah, it's supposed to be 10 years. Like, it's the 1990s. Like, Madonna just came out with the song Bo. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, y'all don't look a day 
older than the last episode of the last of the first season. But anyways, I want to I'm excited to see how they do it. We would be talking about the second episode, but it actually comes out today. We're recording on Tuesday. This will be out on Wednesday. So you probably would have seen people who are listening to this would have seen the second episode, but we I can't travel in the future unless you can. Uh, we can't talk about that. Okay, so this, it's, it's on talk territory. All right, so moving on to... Um, and what's something that I really like about Pose, it's, it's, it's bringing queer life, especially people of color, yes. to, like, the limelight. Mm-hmm. And talking about queer life, uh, something that happened recently in London, I believe it was, was these two women were assaulted. Did you see mm-hmm. that happen? Mm-hmm. So there was two women that got assaulted on the bus. Um, did you read what the reason was behind it? Uh, from what I understand, they were on a late bus, and they mm-hmm. said they may have been kissing, but it wasn't anything super intense. And uh, these young men approached them and were taunting them, and then things got physical. Yeah, like, I heard the same. that like Well, at least the articles that I read says that um, apparently they were, like, being together, and then the five gentlemen approached them and started telling them that they wanted them to, to kiss more, and because they refused to do it, they apparently, like, beat up these two women. Um, there's the five people have been arrested in London, like, on suspicion that they're the ones who did this, and you probably saw the picture. The picture was... On social media a lot. It was, like, these two women, they were, like, bleeding. Like, it was on their shirts and everything. And I feel like they posted it because there's been a lot of talk about, like, oh, Pride is not needed, or why is it a whole month? They're like, oh, like... I, the last time somebody asked me, they said something like, oh, like, um, why does the military only get one day, but gay people get a whole month. And I was like, oh my God, these questions. And then things like this happen. It remind us like why Pride is needed or why Pride is still like not a parade, but it's still a constant like act of disobedience or like of resistance, I guess you could say. Right. And the fact that folks are still experiencing violence. Yes. Right. And that as with all these things, right, it hits particular sorts of people the hardest. And at the same time, that violence becomes invisibilized. And so on one hand, it's like, oh, like, we have all of these rights, so, like, we're good, but... We're still not good. Right. <laughs> right. And then it, just with that, like, there's still constant, like, trans women of color that get getting killed. Like, I literally feel like I've seen a new, like murder victim on my social media every month. I mean, not every month, every week in, like, the last two, three months I've seen. There's, there was one that happened last last week or last time we recorded in Texas, and most recently there was another one that happened to a point where I'm like, yo, like, what the fuck? Like, what's, what the, what's going on? Like, where is, like, protections for, like, trans women, especially trans women of color or trans people of color that continue to get targeted and killed or, like, non-gender, um, non-binary people that don't represent, like, don't, like, I guess, express one certain gender keep getting, like, assaulted across the states. And it is a lot. And so, um, just talking about a little more, um, 
I guess, happy. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen In the Heights? No. Okay, so In the Heights is a musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, I think he was one of the very first ones where he got, like, a bunch of Tonys. And recently, it was... Uh, there was announced that In the Heights was going to have a live movie. I, like, shit my pens because I love In the Heights. Um, In the Heights is basically a musical about, like, the Heights in New York and, like, basically, like, um, like Puerto Rican, Cuban, like, Latino people in the Heights and, like, dealing with, like, gentrification, dealing with, like, being poor and stuff. Um, and it was announced that, like, Mark Anthony is going to play one of the people in it. But also, apparently, Lin-Manuel Miranda's only going to, um, what's it called, produce it and direct it, but he's also going to reprise his role that he played in the musical itself. So I'm, I'm personally super excited about that. Um, another thing that I was very excited about was when I was, I don't know if y'all saw, I posted an article, and there was this article going around about this man in Pittsburgh, I think it was, or Pennsylvania, that was giving out free hugs yes. at a prize. And how, like, he was met by, like, just people crying, and um, his name is Scott Dittman. I was, I, I actually thought about, like, our people of the week, but I was like, no, he's a white man, so we can't have him as our queer person of the week or our POC person of the week. But I'm still going to mention him. So shout out to Scott Dittman, who apparently, um, he said that he... His friends were going to go give mom hugs. And he was like, oh, great. I'll just buy a T-shirt that says free dad hugs and give, like, hugs to, like, people, too. But he never expected that he was going to be met with, like, people crying and people thanking him. And there's one quote that I really appreciated that he said um, that really, like, struck me. Um When he posted this, like, I guess, video where he had done he his caption was, imagine that parents, imagine that your child feels so lost from you that they sink into the arms of a complete stranger and sob endlessly just because that stranger is wearing a shirt offering hugs from a dad. I don't know. How do you feel about this? Yeah, the first thing I thought of was um, Christian groups that go to camp. Yeah. Uh, not camp. Uh, go to, to Pride, Pride mm-hmm. um, and have signs that say, we're sorry. Oh, I ha- I have heard about that. You're right. Um, and I just think about, you know, all of the pain that whether it's like from families, whether it's from religious institutions and when there's folks from those groups that actively show care and compassion mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, it, it because the pain goes so deep. It that, does. Um, that moments like this offer a kind of release and process and like you know, like, the deep breath of, like, okay, like, I can, I can... I can actually hug somebody, even if it's not my dad. Um, I have to admit that this kind of put me through it. I was, like, I was reading the article on my way to work on Friday, I think it was? Friday or Saturday? No, Saturday. No, Friday, because I was on a lift to this event that I, like, tabled at. Um, and I don't, I like started getting teary eyed and I was like, okay, I need to put this away because then the Lyft driver is going to think that I'm weird, mm-hmm. crying in his back seat. Uh, but yeah, like I don't have like a great relationship with my dad. And so like this kind of put me through it. 
So yeah, uh, so I guess now going on local news, there's a couple things happening here in California, uh, most specifically in San Jose, correct? Yeah, so uh, San Jose Unified School District uh, renamed one of their middle schools. So it was uh, Burnett, uh, named after the first governor of California. I did not know that. Uh, And so we might get into this a little bit later, but uh, when California became a state Uh in 1850, that immediately followed mass killings, rape, and enslavement of California Native people. Okay. And as... White people do. (laughs) Yeah, well, and then I think it's really important to acknowledge that actually the California government paid for... Oh. Yes. I can't remember. It was something... A very high amount. I want to say $1.3 million. It might That might be So at off. the time yeah. when California was established, that happened. So that was the first. And what did they name it to now? So now, uh, as a result of the organizing of the Mawekma Ohlone tribe... It is now Ohlone Middle School. Oh, cool. Okay, so congrats to San Jose uh, Unified School District for that. Which I'm not sure was Unified School District this is. Because if y'all don't know San Jose Unified School District, there's like 26 different districts in San Jose. Did you know that? I did not. So it's crazy. So I knew this because my previous job, I had to like travel to like different cities in San Jose and be able to, um, like, meet with, like, current teachers or former teachers. And that's when I realized that, oh, there's, like, 26 different districts in San Jose. This is why there's so many different, um, like, school boards in San Jose. I don't know. It's crazy. So I'm curious to know which of the 26 this, this one this happened in. But talking about California, we're just taking uh, the first... Governor, and now we'll go to the most recent governor. I guess. Yeah, yeah, he is the most recent governor. I still feel weird that he's the most recent governor because I still see him as our. Um, what was his position before? Was he the attorney general? Was he the mayor? No, he was not the mayor. He was, he was something for the state. Oh, he was the mayor of San Francisco. Yes, I was like, am I crazy? You're right. He was the mayor of San Francisco. So Gavin Newsom used to be the mayor of San Francisco because he's the one that, like, broke laws and made gay marriage or same-sex marriage legal in San Francisco. And it was one of the first states to ever be legal in. You're right. I remember that. And now he's our governor. And so there was two... So for the first time in forever, that makes me feel like I'm singing... Elsa or like fucking Frozen like for the first time in for you've seen it right I've seen Frozen I know Wicked better okay so in Frozen they sing that song and so every time I say for the first time in forever I think it was a song but for the first time ever they flew a pride flag at the state capitol which I was telling you this is weird because mm. it's California right like I would have thought that they would have done it before right but they're also, like, really conservative parts of California. I guess that's true. I mean, remember Prop 8 passed. You're right. Uh, I I was an uh, organizer during Prop 8, and I remember it passed. There it was go. a very dark day in my life. Uh, I mean, one of the very dark days of my life. But then there was other things. What else? You were telling me about something else that Gavin Newsom did recently, Yeah, right? so a news story today that uh, Gavin Newsom... Oh, this is breaking news yes, today. Okay. Yes, so posted 
an hour and 50 minutes ago. Uh, so, Governor Gavin Newsom formally apologizes to the native peoples of California, and I can give you a quote from one of the things that he said, uh, quote, We can never undo the wrongs inflicted on the people who have lived on this land that we now call California since time immemorial. But we can work together to build bridges, tell the truth about our past, and begin to heal deep wounds. I love the word build bridges because I feel like in the last couple years since uh, DJT, the orange monster, was uh, elected, people use build bridges a lot more. Or they use, we need to build bridges instead of build walls between us. And I was like, yes, that's a hit towards DJT. We don't say his full name here. Oh, yeah, no, no. We call him DJT. (laughs) All right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up our how was your week section. And we're going to move on to our question of the week. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Ohlone people, it seems like uh, our question of the week so I'll see you there all right all right all right welcome back that was Otro Trago by Sec and Dorel don't ask me who they are. I just know that I heard the song a couple of days ago, and I was like, oh, this is a good song. So I wanted to play it for y'all. All right, so welcome back to our next segment of the podcast, our question of the week, where we ask a question, and either I discuss it, and you can send me emails to discuss it too, or me, myself, and my guests discuss it. Today, I felt it was very fitting to talk about the his or her story of pride. And there is, and I do say his, her story because there's, Stories of of women of every of not just of men. I always taught my students that I would be like, oh, this is his history class because it's technically the story of the past, not story of just men. And they would be like, oh, okay, Mister. And so then they would like literally call it his history class, uh, which I really enjoyed. So one of the things that people do know about Pride is we continue, especially this year, we've been saying, oh, it's like Stonewall Fifty, Stonewall Fifty, which it is. And I'm not gonna take that away. And there's this video that I want to play that they played at uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, and I kind of want to play a piece of it. If you didn't watch the RuPaul's Drag Race finale, you'll listen to the little piece. But then I want to talk about it, the story further than this. But I'll play this little video more. Let me see. Did you know that in the 1960s, congregating at a gay bar was illegal? You could go to jail, lose your job, or worse. But all that started to change. 50 years ago, on June 28, 1969, in New York City, the police once again raided the Stonewall Inn. But this time, the queers at the bar fought back. That night, the first brick was thrown. I want to pause the video and say that that first brick was thrown by Marsha P. Johnson, and the first person that fought was Sylvia Rivera, so let's continue. And a revolution was born. Through the decades, in the face of hatred, activists raised their voices and spilled their blood so that you could live with pride. Love who you love. All right, we're going to stop it there. But there is, like, his history before, like, 
the Stonewall riots. Like, I, we can then go before the Stonewall riots. There was the Compton Cafeteria riots, which happened in San Francisco. But then even be further before that. And we actually, Avil actually wrote an article about this. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the, what you wrote? Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, maybe just like a preface. Yeah. So uh, I'm not a native person. I'm not an Ohlone person. Uh, my family migrated to Alona territory from Nicaragua, El Salvador, and Mexico. Um, and so I grew up in this area and uh, feel a sense of uh, belonging here, even if I'm just a visitor. Um, Which technically we all are, unless you're a native person. Mm-hmm. So um, so I started doing this, this research looking at um, the history of this place and the original people, and I came across this really interesting article um, by uh, a two-spirit scholar, uh, Deborah Miranda, uh, of the Ohlone Costanoan Esalen Nation. And uh, the article is called... Dun, 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 dun. There you go. Uh, Extermination of the Hoyas, Gendercide in Spanish California. And one of the things that Miranda discusses is that when the Spanish came to California, what we now call California, Mm -hmm. they encountered two-spirit people or trans, queer, native people. um, And they have those uh, encounters written in their journals and in their mission records. So I started to think about, like, what does it mean that people from all over the world see San Francisco as this, like, gay mecca, Mecca, yeah, Um, And that central to how that even came to be was not just um, violence against Native people broadly, but that particularly um, queer folks and women were uh, violated, right? Um, And so thinking about what it means that the trans march and the dyke march happen at Dolores Park, right? Oh, you're right. And that's like, Dolores Park is like significant, right? Well, it's named after Mission Dolores, right? Which is just footsteps away. So so what does it mean that like in that very area, so like the the mission is actually part of the Castro district, Mm -hmm. right? So what does it mean that all this is happening in that space? A space where, like, queer people, uh, when the missionaries came here, were, like, basically, like, killed and raped and, like, gotten rid of. And can you explain to the listeners a little bit more, like, where the two-spirit comes from and, like, a little bit more about, like, the meaning of two-spirit? So Mm -hmm. it's a contemporary term that Native folks coined, I believe, in the 1990s, um, as a way of describing uh, pre-colonial genders and sexualities beyond the binary. Um, So it is a Mm self-naming, and it's a way of asserting a specific indigenous queer identity. Um, And some have talked about how while queer is kind of about going against the norms and against sort of heteronormativity, uh, to use the term two-spirit is really to acknowledge that these folks always had a place in society, mm. that always had, um, that always belonged, right, and had particular roles, whether that was naming or um, offering medicine or caretaking. 
Um, and so in some ways, like, it is about um, destabilizing the notion that Native people are in the past tense mm-hmm. um, and pushing a queer, indigenous future. I like that. So, like, pushing a new form of, like, what's the word I'm thinking? Like, just, like, a future for, for two-spirit people. It's interesting because I looked at two-spirit people when I was doing my thesis for my master's. So my, I, I think I've mentioned at the podcast before, my thesis, I was looking at, like, homophobia within, like, urban schools and how, like, it's, like, a breeding ground. Um, and a lot of the reasons why it's that, because it goes back to, like, urban schools are usually at, like, low-income areas. Low-income areas are usually, like, uh, low in education, but low-income areas that are low in education are and where people of color are, are usually high in, like, religious beliefs. And so I looked at, like, different um, ancient tribes or even current, like, um, uh, indigenous people that uh, have things like mooches or, like, there's, uh, I can't remember the name, but there's, like, in Indonesia, there's, like, a tribe that has been, like, untouched by society. And they have, like, kind of, like, a two-spirit person. And all in all these different, like, indigenous um, societies, like, the two-spirit people were, like, looked at as, like, the storytellers that will pass on, like, the stories to the generation. They were looked at as, like, the caretakers. They were, they were seen as, like, basically, like, sent by, like, a higher being. Like, oh, you are, like, not someone who's going to reproduce in our, like, society because your, your, I guess, goal or your mission in life is to do X, Y, and C. And so they were seen as, like, if you had a child this was, like, two-spirit or, like, a mooche or, like, queer in these, um societies it was like you were lucky like a higher being had like praised you and have give has have given you a child that will pass on like uh, traditions and generations and stories and stuff so it's really interesting for me to see that a lot of generations even if you go back to like african um indigenous groups they have very similar that like two spirits if you go back to like uh, Latin American, like Mesoamerica, it's very similar as well. So in reality, like when white people showed up, they did fuck shit up. So <laughs> right, I mean, I, th- I think it's so important to really acknowledge that everywhere that Europeans colonized, right, it wasn't just taking the land and the resource resources, but it was about imposing a particular yeah. uh, idea around gender and sexuality mm-hmm. in a very violent way. Um, and so uh, when we think about you know the histories of all of these native peoples and we wonder, well, why are we not hearing some of these stories? Um, there was a deliberate attempt to yeah, erase. To erase. And so, and so thinking about well, what does that mean in the context of where we are, like physically in mm-hmm. this space, right? Um, so... So there is this history of the missions at the same time that the Bay is also this really important site for... uh, Queer people. Queer people Mm -hmm. um, and uh, native activism, Mm -hmm. right, from the relocation in the 50s. um, And that it was in San Francisco that the first um, queer indigenous rights organization was founded in 1975. Uh, Gay American Indians uh, by Barbara May Cameron and Randy Burns, who is still with us, um, and in 1989, an organization called Bates, Bay Area American Indian Two-Spirits, 
uh, was founded, and they uh, created the first and still largest two-spirit powwow. That's super cool. I recently saw, um, now that you said powwow, there was this queer couple that, like, competes in, like, couple, like, dances at powwows. And it was a huge thing because, like, the very first time they competed, they were... um, What's the word? Like, they were not kicked out, but disqualified. They were disqualified, but then there's, like, a whole movie about them that follows them. They're actually really handsome guys. Uh, But, yeah, so it made me think of that. I would, like, post about them or, like, retweet some other things so that y'all know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, so I hope y'all learned something with this question of the week today. I didn't feel proper to bring Abel to my closet. Oh, we're still in the closet, (laughs) by the way. To bring Abel to my closet without, like, digging deeper into, like, indigenous ancestry of the Bay Area, of, like, queer people and, like, of pride, I guess. Well, not I guess. It is, like, a pride thing that, like, now we're, like rebelling and using pride as a sense of um, resistance of constant violence and hate but like in reality like if white people did not come and fuck shit up pride wouldn't even be a thing right we all would have just been accepted for who we are because our societies were already accepting societies Yeah, and so I think that um, now we have the opportunity kind of going forward, regardless of who we are, who our people are, where Mm -hmm. we come from, um, how can we go forward in a better way? And I think part of that is acknowledging how all of our histories are intertwined with this history, right? So if we're here, whether we're visiting for pride or we live here... We, we have a relationship mm-hmm. to this place. So just think about that when you're at Pride, when you're at Dolores Park, you know, getting high or drinking on Pride. Um, I know I will. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and move on to our next segment of the podcast, our POC and Queer Excellence of the Week. I'll see you there. Welcome back to the next segment of our podcast, our POC or Queer Excellence of the Week. That was Robin S. Show Me Love. It's a very old song. Even Abel did another song. I think it's like a 90s song. I think the only reason why I know it is because when I was young, like, y'all, if y'all are older, I mean, younger than like 20, y'all are gonna be like, what the hell is he talking about? So when I was young, me and my older brother, uh, we used to like buy like, cassettes with nothing in them Uh and then we used to have like our cassette player and we'd listen to the radio and wait for like the song that we wanted to come on and then click record because then we would record the song on our cassette so we can listen on our Walkman later yes bitches I said Walkman and so Robin at Show Me Love was always one of my favorite songs but I would never record it because I remember the very first time it came on I was like I started like dancing to it and my older brother was like that's gay that's a gay song and I remember I was like oh I can't record this song because it's a gay song and so 
And I was reminding you of that. Just FYI. Yes, I know it's a gay song. So we're going to start our POC career to listen to the week with that. <laughs> so starting off, we're going to start off with uh, Eugene Lee, who was always a POC, but he recently joined our Queer Excellence of the Week segment, too. So now he's both. Uh, if you don't know who Eugene Lee is, he's a guy from Try Guys. Yep. Um, BuzzFeed. So BuzzFeed, they... When BuzzFeed first came out, it wasn't, like, articles. It was, like, videos on YouTube. And that's where Quinta came, became famous. Quinta is the... Oh, you got money! Have you seen that one? Yes. Curly. Yes, Curly came from yes. that. Like, all these people came from, like, the YouTube era of BuzzFeed. And so the Try Guys, they would always try different things. Um, and it's, like... I think it's, like, three white guys and Eugene Lee. That it's like four right. of them, right? That sounds right. That sounds about right. They're, they're, Eugene Lee was like the the token POC. So anyways, moving on. Uh, I always kind of knew that he was queer. Like, he always gave me that vibe. Especially that was an episode where um, they tried drag. Do you remember that episode? There was an episode where they tried drag. And I feel like Eugene was a little too comfortable <laughs> In drag. And I remember that's when I was like, oh, I think Eugene is gay. But every time I would Google it, like, Eugene Lee gay, like, nothing would pop up. So I was like, okay, maybe he's not gay. But the last time I went to West Hollywood in L.A., he was there. And so I remember I was like, oh, wait, he's here. Does that mean he's gay? Because I also don't like to assume that people are at queer bars are automatically queer. Because, like, I have straight friends that go to queer bars with me. But this it was this week, right? Three days ago. Yep. He released this video. Have you seen the video? I've seen it multiple times. Oh, oh, okay. What do yeah. you think? Uh, I like it. I feel like there are lots of things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I I notice like the kind of narrative around struggle and the narrative around uh, not being accepted by his family. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that it has to be kind of, like, disciplined. Yes! Like, he's constantly being disciplined, even to the point of, like, being physically assaulted. Mm-hmm. Um, to, like, not show, like, quote-unquote gay tendencies, as people call them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really beautiful video. Um, he has, like, really cool drag queens on, in the video that I really appreciate it. I think Mayhem's in it? Mm-hmm. Okay, Mayhem's in it. I know there's other people in it that I like. Um, there's... Kimchi. Kimchi, uh, Mayhem Miller. Wait, Curly's in it? Yeah, you didn't notice? I didn't notice Curly. Yeah. Is he in drag? or no. is? I did not know this Curly. I'm going to have to watch this video. Obviously, I've watched it multiple times. So I just want to give a shout-out to Eugene, and I want to say, Eugene, welcome. And now that you're out and proud, and if you're ever in the Bay Area, hit me up. I'll take you out for a drink. (laughs) What? He's the cutest one in the Try Guys. That's true. And that's only because I don't date white guys. But that's beside the point. They were, if, Even if they were, like, not white, they would, Eugene would probably be still the cutest one. I'm going to be honest with you. Moving on to somebody else that was on news recently was this student from Washington State University, right? Her name is Rosalie Fish. Um, and so she is a track, track and field runner. Um, and she has been running a couple of races with, like, a red imprint of a hen on her mouth. And it has been to be able to commemorate um, 
indigenous people that have been murdered. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? I feel like this is perfect for you. Yeah, so um, she ran to bring attention to the crisis of missing and murdered indigenous women. So you may see like a hashtag MMIW or hashtag MMIWG, hashtag MMIWG2S, um, missing and murdered indigenous women, girls and two spirits. Oh my god, I was gonna ask what that meant because you lost me. Yeah. So missing and murdered indigenous women... Girls, and, Girls two and two spirits. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so this you is, said it really fast. Yeah, so if so I got lost, I know the listeners would have gotten lost. <laughs> yeah, and so this is um, a major issue that folks, uh, mothers, grandmothers especially, have been on the front lines really pushing to bring visibility to the thousands of cases of these women who have gone missing, who have been murdered, and the government system doing basically nothing. Um, and in fact, uh, a report was issued last, was published, Mm -hmm. um, earlier this month after, uh, two years of the national inquiry of missing and murdered indigenous women, um, in Canada, uh, that their final finding concluded that in their dealing with this issue, the Canadian state was guilty of genocide. Okay. Um, And that's only because Canada has been talking about it, right? Yeah. And so do you think this is what ignited Rosalie Fish's, like, want to do this just because Canada has been talking about it? Do you think this, if Canada wasn't, basically what I'm asking is, if Canada was not talking about this, do you think anybody would be talking about this? Yes, because the the families would be talking about this. Okay, well, right? True, true. So, okay. so it's like regardless of what the Canadian state is doing, right? And that's kind of been, in my understanding, the reason why folks are having a conversation about it on this side of the mm-hmm. U.S. Canada border, um, because the families here who have who have lost loved ones are pushing it, even if our government refuses to acknowledge, to acknowledge the it. crisis. And then even if we if we were talking about it earlier, even if you think about all the people that are coming at the southern border, yes. that are coming from Latin America, from Central America. There, most of them are like indigenous people that are being persecuted in their own countries, and we're not allowing that conversation to continue either. Right. I mean, and I think about um, Claudia Patricio Gomez Gonzalez, who was a Maya woman, twenty years old, shot and killed at the border. At the border. I mean, these are also you know when we when we think about the borders, right? They're colonial borders, yeah. and these are indigenous peoples who are also being. I mean, it's the same. It's the same sort of violence since contact. Right. That is so crazy. That that sentence, the same kind of violence since contact with indigenous people. Yeah. And in particular, indigenous women, two spirit, trans folks. Right. Whether we're talking about um, the sexual violence that's happening in urban cities or whether we're talking about the violence that these women are experiencing through ICE and Border Patrol. Sure. Right. All right. Talking about this ice, we're going to go ahead and move to other people that we hate, but we're going to talk about them. And today in the country, our next segment, I'll see you there. All right, all right. 
that was Lizzo Tempo featuring Messi Elliott. I I just I said her word her name really weird. I knew you were talking about. Okay, Missy Elliott. Again, I'm an English language learner. Uh, so I actually saw Lizzo last week, last weekend. Last weekend, I went to Sacramento Pride, and I saw Lizzo. If you were in Sacramento Pride and you saw Lizzo, then you experienced the uh, 103-degree weather. Jesus. It was ridiculous. Mind you, I didn't drink because I was driving, but the people that I went with drank, so I'm sure they were really dehydrated because of the alcohol, and then standing on 103-degree weather waiting for Lizzo, I thought it was worth it, but that's just me because I personally love Lizzo. Anyways, so I was Lizzo, Tempo, and, you know, she said something about, um, something about Thick Bitch. I was like, oh, she's talking about me. Because this, Pride is going to get whatever body I give it. Uh, talking about Pride, uh, recently at Detroit Pride, something that happened in, oh, welcome to our next segment, Today in the Country. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> something that happened at Detroit Pride was that neo-Nazi groups apparently crashed the Pride, Pride Parade, and they were seen ripping down rainbow flags, urinating on Israeli flags. They were literally holding, like, those, um, what are these, like, are these banners? Nazi flags? They're yeah, they're like Nazi, Nazi flags. flags. Yeah, yeah, with the swastika in it. Like the red flags with the cir- white circle and swastika. They were like holding them proudly and like, yes. The one thing that I did notice that I saw reports was that instead of the cops protecting them, protecting the, the people at Pride or like, escorting them out, they were, like, escorting this group of neo-Nazis so that the Pride-goers wouldn't get to them. Right. So they were technically protecting them. Right. I don't know. Trash. I mean, that's literally the first thing that comes to my head. Like, trash. Like, one thing that Sacramento Pride had was that they did not allow, um, I guess, police in uniform to be, to, like, show up. Yeah. Like, these po- I, I, yeah, I noticed the police are wearing like heart rainbow heart pins, but still escorting the neo Nazis in Detroit because you know the police have not really ever been protecting queer folks. But like, this is not the first time that like neo Nazis or alt right people are like escorted by cops, which is the crazy part that I think about because I'm like. If you look at statistics, these are the people causing all these violence. Like, the majority of, like, homegrown terrorists are white. And so are, like, American, quote-unquote, if you want to call white people American. Um, and But yet we keep protecting them. Like, even in the... What was the big one that happened last year where that girl was killed? Um, when DJT said there was great people on, on both, both sides. sides. I can't remember the place. Where was it? Okay, there's been so many instances we can't even remember. Anyway, so they were protecting the alt-right people there, too. They were, like, walking with them and stuff. Charlottesville. Charlottesville. There you go. I love how all of it had to Google was good people on on both both sides. sides. And it pops up. (laughs) So, uh, bitches, if y'all show up in San Francisco Pride, y'all know I'm going to fight somebody. Like, if Dead Hugs shows up, I'm going to be crying. And then when fucking alt-right people show up, I'm going to be fighting. So you're going to get me on my good side, and you're going to get me on my Compton side. Which one do you want? 
you you decide. Talking about, you know, getting hood and I always identify like big hoops, like hoop earrings. With yes. being hood, and I appreciate. I always say, the bigger the hoop, the bigger the dream. And so, someone that is not afraid to wear big hoops and has big dreams is Miss Alexandra Ocasio Cortez. Which recently, all the 2020 candidates, all 3,000 of them that's a joke, but there's actually 26 of them have been fighting for her endorsement. How important do you think an endorsement from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is in this next election? Well, it seems like she's really leading the way to a truly, like, progressive kind of world that so many, at least in my circles, right, like, want to create. And so who she sees as a viable option. Do you think it will affect the way that people vote? If they're like, oh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez says I should vote for Abel Gomez, so I'm going to vote for Abel Gomez. Do you think that would be, like, a thing that people will, like, look at? I mean, there's also the Bernie bros, too, right? So, like, are they, mm-hmm. like, are they friends? You see, what if she doesn't endorse Bernie? Does, does that mean pe- the Bernie people are going to come for her? She said that she is going to endorse the person that she, whoever gets nom- the nomination. And I think she's doing this very strategically because she knows her power and she knows that she can literally, like, tilt the fucking, I don't know, like, the votes a certain way. So I actually respect that she said that. But I don't know. We still have a while before the primaries so she can easily change her mind and be like, I'm Team Warren. And people will be like, oh, my God. Or, like, I want Bernie. Like, it could be as easy as her just doing a Snapchat. Not Snapchat, an Instagram story, which I love her Instagram stories. And be like, hey, guys, it's just me again at the Capitol. Today I'm with Elizabeth Warren, who I am endorsing. Or I'm with with Beto over... I hate Beto. What is Beto short for? Like, his real name. I forget his real name. Anyways, so that was our Today in the Country. Notice how we didn't mention DJT, and I'm okay with that. What is his real name? Robert. Robert is Beto O'Rourke? O'Rourke. Real name. Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke. But, like, Beto is his nickname, so he changed it to be his real name. It's okay. It's okay. You're not pandering at all, Robert Francis. (laughs) Not at all. All right, moving on to En El Mundo. We might spend some time there as we're going to be talking about something that's happening in the world that's important that if you follow Rihanna, you probably know about. So we'll talk about it then. I'll see you there. I wish I could play more of that song, but you know, that's a 30-second rule, and I'm not trying to get sued. So that was Mac Dre, Feeling Myself. That's like a Bay Area anthem. Have you ever been at a club when this song comes on? I'm sure I have. Like, 
the club goes crazy. The last time I heard it was I went to the Dodger versus Giants game. And, of course, I was cheering for the Dodgers. I'm sorry. I know you're probably a Giants fan because totally. you were born and raised here. Of course. Uh, but um, I went to the Dodger game that was, that was happening at the Giants stadium. It was a coincidence. And afterwards, went to this place called Maze um, in the Polk Street. It's like all the straight bars are there. And I was there for a little bit while for Charity Brothers. And they played this song. Everybody went crazy. Like, crazy. Like, I feel like I, I think I saw like three people full their drinks and they didn't even give a fuck. We're just like spilling drinks on each other because they were so like, um, what's the word? Like about it? Like, hyphy. They were oh, so yeah, hyphy. Hyphy is such a Bay Area word. Hyphy, yeah. If I want to say a, a, a true Bay Area sentence, I'll say, everyone was over here hella hyphy. Yep. Oh, my God. I'm from, I sounded like I'm someone from the Bay. I'm, I've been here long enough, hyphy. Welcome back to our next segment of podcast, our Today in the Country. Uh, oh, we already did this. Our Hoy en el Mundo. Look at me. I am having so much fun. I'm forgetting my segments. So this is Hoy en el Mundo. And of course, Hoy en el Mundo we do because we're not alone in this country. And there's things that are happening out in the world. I always say that if any of us were ever in a different country, we would fucking die. Because we're so spoiled with the things and our issues that happen, like our our 21st century issues that like we none of us would survive in a different country. Um, talking about somewhere where we wouldn't survive, there what's happening in Sudan. So I know that if you follow Rihanna, you probably saw what's happening in Sudan. Um, but currently, there's been hundreds of people murdered, more than 600 people injured, and the fear of more people being killed is happening. And do you want to talk more about this issue? Okay. So, basically, what's happening is there was peace, peaceful protests against the, um, what's it called? Like, the government in Sudan. And the people in Sudan are trying to change the way that the government is being ran, the way that the, uh, the leader, I'm not sure they call it president, the leader was, like, running things. So, the leader had to step down, but then a militia, uh, came to the peaceful protest and started killing people and has currently been uh, basically, like, kidnapping people and killing uh, women and children and men, raping both women and men. Um, like I said, there's been hundreds of deaths, of deaths, d- deaths? Deaths, yes. And um, more, th- I think it was more than 700 injured and so there's been a lot of different people that has been trying to just bring light to what's happening in Sudan. But of course, if I turn on the TV, I'm not going to see this on TV. And it's a simple reason why. These are third world or uh, developing world. I don't, I don't like the word third world. Developing worlds. Um, they're black people and they're Muslim. So, of course, the main media in the United States is not going to give a fuck. It's like it's a search it out. Exactly. And so literally when I started seeing like people posting about it, I had to like truly like understand what's happening. Um, then people started posting like the, the blue square on their profile picture. And uh, I remember somebody said something like, oh, what is a blue square going to do? What is changing your picture going to do? And all I have to think about is like there's literally campaigns that have been ran 
just based on people changing their profile picture. Because what happens is when you change your profile picture, people are going to be like, oh, what is this about? Like, why are people changing their picture? And that's going to, like, then make people look up why their pictures are being um, changed. So there's this video that I found on Instagram that would explain it, maybe even better than I'm explaining it, because you're probably confused by what I'm saying. So let me play what it says. Um, let me replay. Last week, there was a brutal crackdown by the government security organs on the protesters. Death toll is in excess of 100. Hundreds have been beaten. Hundreds have been arrested or detained. Many residents in Khartoum and cities across the country are telling us that they are afraid for their lives and that they don't know what is going to be happening in the coming days. Sudanese activists have... So that's one of the bases of what's happening. So for months, like these pro-democracy protests were happening in Sudan. I actually think I mentioned it in one of the pro in one of the um, podcasts. And the president did step down, but then it transitioned to military council. And the military council is the people who are basically killing everybody, um, and why everybody is like afraid of Hello, of like coming out and protesting and continue to protest. Uh, Sudan has cut a lot of internet media, so people don't have internet, don't have like access to like media to be able to like put out what's happening, which is why the world needs to like not be silent and like continue to tell people what's happening in Sudan. Another place where, um, you know what, probably not going to have time to talk about it, so we'll talk about it in the next podcast. Uh, we're going to move on to our next segment of the podcast, my favorite part of the podcast. So we told some tea, we told you some definite truth, um, and now we're going to leave some time to talk some shit. I'll see you there. Welcome back to my favorite segment of the podcast. That was Call Me Mother by RuPaul. Uh, and now, in RuPaul fashion, in very gay fashion, the favorite thing that I like to do is talking shit. We're going to start talking shit by this straight pride. So these people in Boston decided that, oh, why is there gay pride? Like, there needs to be a straight pride. Even had even made a fucking flag, a straight pride flag. It's like purple and pink, which I was like, I thought y'all straight people thought those were gay colors. I'm just saying. IJS. But, like, straight pride, really, bitches? Like, I just want to show up to straight pride and be like, y'all lame as fuck. Like... I can see, like, cargo shorts everywhere, people just being lame, but I don't know what you have to think about this. I mean, I almost, like, I don't, it should be, this is a joke? Like, I thought it was a joke (laughs) at the beginning, but I read more about it, and it said that, like, alt-right, the people who are putting the pride together are, like, alt-right people. So, like, straight pride brought to you by white pride. Yeah, so Straight Pride brought to you by White Supremacy. There you go. Um, And they're 
their grad marshal is Milo Michael Bakajish, whatever this guy is, Bye. this like alt right guy. So all I'm gonna say is, uh, fuck you, straight pride. It's gonna be lame as fuck. Um, y'all get straight pride during like St. Patrick's Day parade, uh, Thanksgiving parade, cause it's gonna be that lame, as lame as the Thanksgiving parade. I was gonna say, uh. The fl- the flower one, but I actually like the New York flower <laughs> one because it's gay as fuck. I loved it. Uh, another big fuck you to the Phoenix Police Department, who a couple of days ago, uh, there was a viral video that came out of them suspecting, I mean, uh, arresting suspected shoplifters. It was a 21-year-old man, black man, and a 24-year-old black woman with her two children while she was pregnant. And in the video, they're like saying like, you're gonna get fucking shot get on the fucking gr- like literally what the fuck i mean i feel like it, all of this has become so normalized you know it's that's like, the crazy part, it's yo. like you know there's the way in which it seems like violence against black people and black women in particular has become so highly hyper visible mm-hmm. right so that we expect to see it and that it's a way of telling people like if you step out of line this will happen to this you this is going to happen to right? you at the same time right that violence against native women has become completely invisibilized because it's like oh we need to focus on like another person so it's like huh I see what and, you mean. And, and I just, and I see things like this. It's like, we, everybody who sees this ought to be outraged. Yeah, it's like, you if you see this video, I watched it on Twitter, and I was like, I literally, after I watched it, I sat there, and I was like, wow, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck just happened? And, like, she had, like, two children with her, which are going to be scarred for life. By the way, neither of them were ever charged with anything, because, um... Apparently, they were suspected of stealing a doll from a Dollar Tree. And this is why all of this happened. The mayor apologized. Um, the chief tried to apologize, Very but that was some bullshit. She was like, but there's a, there's more to the story. Uh, no, fuck you. Um, also, a, a cute fuck you to Kylie Jenner, who thought it would be cute to have a Handmaid's Tale party. Um... Bitch, you literally missed the point of The Handmaid's Tale. You said your favorite shows after you wanted to have a Handmaid's Tale team party. You missed the point, bitch. All right, moving on to my final boneless wings. Uh, I want to say congrats to my primo who I sent off to cousin to college today. It was his orientation at San Jose State University. He becomes the second in our family to go to college. It's so crazy. Um, about him, his first sweater and everything. Proud cousin. Um, also want to just remind people, escalators, one side is for you to wait and go up. The other side is for people that are in a fucking hurry. So move to the side where nobody is walking. Don't block us that are in a fucking hurry trying to get out of the fucking BART station. Because the next time I go on an escalator and you don't move, I'm literally going to move you myself. I'm just saying that because I've been taking the BART to work and it happens to me constantly where people are like not moving out of the way. So please move out of the way. Just my two cents. Is there anything else that you would like to say, Aved, before we finish this episode? 
Uh, just, yeah, thanks for having me on here and chatting with you. Yes, thank you so much, Evan, for joining us at It's Just a Talk. Where can people follow you on social media? Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at Jaratura, J-A-R-A-T-U-R-A. And, and that'll be on the description. And it's, it's mostly, like, <laughs> academic, nerdy stuff. Which I love, and I'm sure people love, too, academic, nerdy stuff. And can they follow you on Instagram? I mean, I don't... I have it private. I don't really, like... So, so follow him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that was the premise of that question. Follow him on Twitter, and remember, follow me on Twitter, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Pornhub, OnlyFans, all the medias, at It's Just a Talk. That's at It's Just a Talk. And I'm just kidding. I don't have uh, an OnlyFans. If it would be an OnlyFans, it would be like an OnlyFans of me, like, eating, or me, like, walking Coco. It would be, like, a weird OnlyFans, like, like, come watch me privately eat. Like, that's all you're going to get. I'm just saying. Uh, but, yeah, follow me at It's Just a Talk. Uh, tell somebody that you know about this crazy podcast that I do every two weeks on a in a closet, uh, which is getting pretty hot right now, so we need to get out of this closet. Um, and go ahead and give it five stars on whatever media you listen and subscribe um if you have questions for la opinion which i keep saying is gonna happen next week and the questions are just accumulating in my email please send me more questions though and that's at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com that's podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com i can promise you that i'll give you my best non-doctor prescription I don't know what that was, that was but fireworks, it was a firework. Uh, we're nearing 4th of July, so um, a firework just happened outside of my house. I do live in the hood, which I love. And before I leave, congratulations to Botswana for decriminalizing homosexuality and to Ecuador, who just approved same-sex marriage. And with that, thank you so much for joining me again, again Abel. And I'm going to go ahead and leave y'all with um, just a song that I've been playing on. On fucking repeat since it came out. And I think it's been the same song that I've been playing the last ones. So I'm just going to play some Lisso because I'm in love with Lisso right yes. now. I love you all. I'll see y'all soon. Bye. True story. Fucking with them every night A lot of two-faced people show me both 